Hey guys, I'm Daryl Kristen with AfterBuzz TV. You know, I was recently looking to buy a car and I thought to myself, there has to be a better way. That old game of cat and mouse at the dealership, going to the manager and coming back, I mean, who wants to do that anymore? I know I don't. It's a process filled with complete anxiety. So I spoke to my friend and they told me about a new way to buy a car. She says it's called TrueCar.com and it's a revolutionizing way to buy a car and have a better experience forever. TrueCar.com, I thought, mm, I'm intrigued, but what's it all about? So my friend told me that at TrueCar.com, you can actually see what others paid to buy the car that you're looking for in your particular area. The site gives you a total transparency and the confidence to know when you're getting a great deal. On top of that, you can lock in negotiation-free guaranteed savings on the car you're looking for. She said TrueCar users save an average of $3,000 off MSRP. How is this possible? I don't know. I thought about it. And then she told me that at TrueCar.com, you get a certified guarantee take on the certificate to a TrueCar certified dealer so you don't have to worry about the hassle and anxiety of the old way to buy a car. You don't even have to take my word for it if you don't believe me. I did a little bit more research and found out that TrueCar certified dealers have sold over a million cars to TrueCar users. Over 40,000 last month alone. So seriously, if you're ready to buy a car, why wouldn't you go to TrueCar.com? Negotiation-free guarantee savings, a hassle-free experience, and a TrueCar certified dealer that is committed to a new and better way to buy a car? I mean, hey, you got me sold. You should check it out, too. Save time, save money, and never overpay. Just visit truthcar.com today. You will not be disappointed. You're listening to the AfterBuzz TV Network. Now the largest new media platform on the web and your number one source for after-show entertainment. Very good, Buzz Studios in Los Angeles, California, presented by Maria Menunos and streaming live thanks to Akamai Technologies. This is AfterBuzz TV Scandal After Show. We'll break down tonight's episode and get you all the latest news and gossip. And now another post-game wrap-up show for your favorite TV show. It's AfterBuzz TV Scandal After Show. What is up, Gladiators? Welcome to the AfterBuzz TV Scandal After Show, recapping your favorite show, ABC's hit series Scandal. Uh, we are here in Studio B tonight, having a wonderful time. Sorry, we have a little bit of the giggles, especially me, but we are going to be great. <laughs> this is Season Three, Episode Eleven, Ride Sally Ride, and I'm joined here with uh, some amazing, talented comedic intelligent people my friends my favorite host in the whole wide world starting with hey what's up everybody i'm Cornelia. hey i'm sophia stanley i'm bam erickson and we are going to go ahead and get started with this recap so we want to start talking about uh the episode open with vice president sally langston <coughs> announcing that she was going to be running as president of the united states um and I know, was I the only one that was shocked? Because in the very last episode, we thought that the whole Cyrus situation and what she did to uh, Daniel Douglas was going to be something that would lead her to trying to stay out of the spotlight. But now she's putting herself into the spotlight, and we see that she's actually used uh, how Cyrus has helped her to her advantage. So what do you guys feel about how that went down? I was surprised. 
mainly because she was so devastated about what happened. Like you said, she had that moment where she was just like, I'm, you know, I'm going to hell, I'm going to hell and all, you know, her whole little right. spiel that she had last time. But I'm not surprised in the sense that the, the, the guy, what is the guy's name? That's Leo Bergen. Leo, Leo uh-huh. convinced her to do it because we saw last episode before that he said, next time this happens, you should, you know, you call me, you should have called me. So I'm not surprised that he pushed her to do it, but I'm surprised that she went along with it. And I'm kind of not surprised at anything anymore. And on some levels, I actually, I was surprised initially. But now that I think about her character, it's in line with her character because only her becoming president of the United States of America allows her to atone for everything else. So the fact that, you know, um, her daughter had an abortion, which presumably was to help her image, right? The fact that she was in a loveless marriage, the fact that she condoned the fact that her husband was unfaithful, and then lastly, the fact that she had to kill her husband and basically had to use Cyrus to cover it up, all of that goes away if she becomes president of the United States of America because in her mind, that is her... That is her destiny spoken to her by God, if that makes sense. So so anything that you have to do, kind of like whether or not it's war or the crusades, in the name of God, it atones for the quote-unquote bad acts. So in that, in that same point, I thought it was it made sense. I was, yeah. I was surprised, but it does make sense, as you said, Sophia, because, you know, all the things that she's done, she's done them on the hush, in the closet. She's always kept things... Um, about her life and what's going on. She's always kept that very under the table or very under the rug, which in in hindsight, it didn't really get her where she wanted to get. So now that she's this close and she knows what's going on in, in the, in the, in the, um, in the white house, it's almost like she's turned up a couple more notches and just said, screw it all. I'm really going for, um, I'm really going for it. So and I think it's and I think it's also great because Sally and what's his name? Leo, Leo. Bergen. Sally and Leo, they have Cyrus and the the Fitz and the the whole entire team. She really they they really have them by the balls because <laughs> if the if the autopsy comes out that her husband was actually murdered, well. Cyrus has something to do with it. So they're in a position right now where they can't really use it against them. And what can they do? I think, um, well, there's one thing I want to talk about with Sally. But before we get to that, uh, I was definitely surprised by the fact that she was running as for to be president. But then I was even more surprised that she wasn't or isn't going to resign from her current position. And did she's going to run against. Did you think Fitz. she, why would she resign? Yeah, I thought she was going to resign. Kind of like, I mean, because we've never seen it not happen. You know what I mean? We mm-hmm. automatically assume that if you're going to be running for president, you're stabbing the dude in the back that you, you know, that you're working with, that you'll at least quit your job before. Especially though, taking another one. But I, I, I when she said, it's though, okay, I don't know. When she said, like she was on TV, said, "I believe the president's moral corruption has no bounds." Like the fact that she was bad mouthing the president, called and then him childish. Say, yes, and still. Staying on the ticket with him, like I just don't, I don't know. Something's it, right. It does make sense, but also at the same time, I think if she stays, if she stays on the ticket, she can use it against him to continue to keep to to continue to slander him and and whatever else goes on that she finds out. So I, it can go both ways. What you, Sophia? Um, I mean, I agree with what everyone's saying. 
And I think what keeps happening is people keep underestimating people. And in this case, I can't decide if it's that we're underestimating Sally or we're underestimating Leo. Because I think it makes it makes perfect sense. Because basically it's saying, I'm not afraid of you. Right. Because normally the reason you do that is because you're kind of scared, right? Like, who would do that? Who would go against the President of the United States of America? You now have to go to, quote, unquote, your own bunker. She's saying that because I feel like I have the full faith and courage of the almighty God... <laughs> I'm afraid of no man. So therefore I will stay in the house that I am meant to be in because in essence, she really thinks she already is the president of the United States of America. And it's a sign of strength and it's a sign of courage and that it, it, it didn't allow the dialogue that Olivia wanted that she's a quitter. She's not quitting. I personally think, I think the bitch is cuckoo. <laughs> oh, well, just speak the truth. And we can we can expand on that because I was just about to uh, lay into Sally because Sally bothers me. And this is very uh, – I'm going to try to not offend anybody here. But this is very prevalent, especially what's going on in Arizona and different parts of the country, Kansas. Um, I don't want to call them religious crazies because I am a Christian myself. But um, – I'm just saying, own up to what you have done. Don't say that. What it, I wrote said, this quote down. The devil. Don't mur- let, she said. Um, she says that she has let the devil inside her murder my husband. This for me, that's where I was like, okay, this bitch is crazy. The he devil used my hand. Inside of me. He snuck inside. <laughs> yeah. of me. He did not sneak inside of you. It was you, bitch. It was you. <laughs> you sneak into the <laughs> house. It's me who curses. It's not me. You sneak into the house when you go out and see your boyfriend when you're seventeen. Right. The devil the, ain't say. Ooh, he excuse snuck me. into her and murdered. Her husband. And he used your cell phone too because <laughs> he gonna, called Cyrus. I'm going to go one step further though. Let's assume that the devil did, mm-hmm. right? Then you go before everyone because you have that much faith in God that God will protect you. That if it is meant for you to go to jail, then that's what your cross to bear is. Mm-hmm. Or somehow a miracle happens and they decide that you um, are, you know, insane, temporary insane, whatever the case may be. And it mitigates the fact that it was not murder. The fact that she kept it secret, that's knowledge of what she did and that, in fact, it is wrong. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. So the two can't exist together, but yeah. keep going. But, but I'm just saying, too, on top of that, like, you can't attack the president. He who has no sin cast the first stone. So, Sally, sit your ass down. Agree, I agree. But for me, that whole the whole quotes with the devil and, and all those other things, again, as you said, you know, for someone, if it was the devil, you obviously repent and you say what, you know— there was no there was no form of repentance for me that whole dialogue it w- it seemed a little psychotic um it's like when someone really believes that they are innocent or just just a situation where you really psych yourself out to believe that you're really what you're really not. But, I mean, also, too, though, in in defense of Sally, she's possibly going through post-traumatic stress. Like, at the end of the day, she still killed her husband, and I would argue that regardless of the reason, whether or not the reason is the devil or the reason is that he's a cheating bastard, she killed him. She killed him in a fit of passion, right? Wherever the, the genesis of that passion is, is up for debate. And then two seconds later, she has to pretend like he had a heart attack. And then Leo's telling her, you need to use this in order to run for president. And she's like, oh, my God, this is maybe my one chance. And Fitzgerald Grant is wrong. And da 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 I do agree. I agree that not only was she a little cuckoo, I think they shot it that way on purpose. Because even it felt, it felt off, right? The scene felt off. Even the angle of the camera felt off. So I think it is meant that she's she's having a moment. 
Well, we'll let Sally ride for, for now. <laughs> um, but let's talk about this because we have a couple of different uh, characters who are trying to focus on what really happened to Daniel Douglas. Now that, uh, what's his name, James is the press secretary, he's dealing with the questions about Sally running. But then we have the one person, Publius, who sent this White House uh, person, employee, uh, this text message. And saying that, you know, the Daniel Douglas autopsy was never revealed and it should be public record, all this stuff. So we have Pope and Associates now trying to deal with this. And then we have uh, James and, who is it, Rosen trying to deal with this. And so we have these people coming at different angles. Let's talk about uh, David Rosen and and James. Because James, at the beginning of the episode, um, was talking about how... He or Rosen said that he was going to the dark side. Now he got this cushy White House job and his his boyfriend or his husband got it for him and all these different things. And then we see later on the episode that now James is trying to take his husband down. So do we think that James is right, wrong? I think I'm kind of indifferent about it. Well, I'm on the fence about it, too. I mean, in theory, in theory, it makes sense because. Cyrus does do evil things and James <laughs> knows about most of them. And what James doesn't know about is he almost kills you in public in the daytime. So Cyrus Ooh. is evil. Mm-hmm. But on the other side of it, James, you did sleep with Sally's husband, even though you knew Cyrus was, was kind of set you up, but you did sleep with him. Yeah. So I'm not saying that it's James's fault, but whenever situations happen, you can focus on what everybody else did and how evil they are. But at some point, you have to at least take responsibility for your part of it, even if it's not the justification. And it's not like I take responsibility. It's all my fault, too. But James has never seemed to feel felt bad about his portion like he never was like dang you know that was messed up and that was a little nasty (laughs) he never said that so i get what he's doing but on the other on the other side of it james you you gave up the draws like you gave up the draws but did he even have time to feel bad well, no, if, no. if you remember, if you remember, <laughs> no. if you remember when James, um, before we went on break on the finale, I remember James was lying in the bed, and when he was lying in the bed, he was sitting, he was sitting with his arms folded, and he had a look on his face as if he was out for revenge, or he had this look of, yeah, I'm watching. For me, and I'm probably going to get a, a lot of slack for this. I felt James, what he did was in my community we call it bitch mate oh whoa i'm sorry ma'am is keeping it real tonight um keeping it it's, real. it's like put my head down. it's like the it's like the yeah. bitter it's like the the bitter other half where because they've had enough or something didn't go how as planned now they want to um seek revenge in a very like you knew exactly who your husband was you wanted him you got him you married him you lay with him he's yours you have to deal with it or if you want to leave then you should be adult about it and just leave rather than do this whole plan Mm. and how he's going about to do things for me i think it's bitch mate I don't think anybody just leaves Cyrus though. Uh, um, I I'm gonna go ahead, Camelia. No, you you go because my response will be equally, but on the opposite side of what Bam says. So I'm gonna try to 
hold it back and I come think, with my proper words. I think that would apply if it were just a simple, like, my husband's a dirtbag and he did me dirty. You know, cer- certain situations like this. But I think he kind of had an idea who, of who Cyrus was, but he didn't know. He didn't really know because if he really knew they wouldn't, we would have never had the scene where they got butt naked and they had that, you know, that reveal. We would never have had that if James knew exactly who Cyrus was that he was dealing with. So I kind of think that Cyrus, James went into this with an idea and now he sees that that idea doesn't really exist, that this is my husband. And Cyrus is a bad dude. Like, you know what I mean? Like, he said, I'm his weakness. James knows now that he's a pawn. He is his weakness, but in a way, he's he's like a he's like a chess piece. The the queen protects the king, but in Cyrus's case, Cyrus wants to be the king and the queen, and sometimes he wants to you know wants to maneuver and be the pawn. Like Cyrus is a bad dude. Like I don't I don't know. Go ahead, um, Sophia. No no I, no. I no go and just talk. This is the last me. thing as far as what you were saying though. Um, there was a time when James was going to leave Cyrus and then Cyrus kind of tricked him back into loving him again. Because after that wall, remember, Cyrus was kicked out, staying in the hotel room, and we thought that James was gone. And then Cyrus kind of reeled him back in with his little maneuvers and tricks. So Cyrus is a cold piece all the way around, like I said last week. Also, too, I think that we need to be very aware of how much we assign labels on people for doing exactly what everyone else does. Because in theory, and I don't know what the appropriate word would be, but whatever the exact opposite of what Bam said would be the adjective that I would use. Because in essence, James is doing what Olivia has done, what Fitz has done, what Cyrus has done, and what Melly has done. Which is instead of being emotionally vested and reacting, he's actually thinking, processing, strategizing, and being a ruthless pragmatist. That's what he's doing. To me, none of those adjectives equate to the word you use. And I think that by doing that, and I don't know if it's conscious or unconscious, it's diminishing him. Like, it's a, it's a word, it's a throwaway word. It's like, okay, well, whatever. We don't need to talk about him because he's that. It's dismissive and it's condescending. And I think that what we've always done and what several people on this show have done is they underestimate people. And they underestimate what can happen if someone genuinely loves you And literally that love is not reciprocated and or that person doesn't value you. James values Cyrus and think about it, went into court as a journalist and lied for him. Mm. And then Cyrus literally uses his physical body as a pawn to get back at the vice president. That to me, if anything, is the word that you use. Mm. Even though I wouldn't use that word, but that would be the word. Mm -hmm. Okay. Let us know what you think online. Um, I so, still know they're going to be like, why you so beat the bam? <laughs> <laughs> because of bam. Okay. <laughs> Inside joke. Oh. Um, so, guys, let's talk about Fitz, though, because with this whole situation of Sally now announcing that she's going to be running for president and still staying on the ticket, before she even, we found out that she was staying on as the VP in office right now, we go to see what's going on with Fitz and how he's dealing with this stuff and his new campaign manager, who we find out is Olivia Pope, which we'll get into in one sec. We'll talk about that whole triangle. Um, But we also find out later, after Fitz finds out that Sally is staying on, he's in this frantic state, uh, has his alcohol and everything, throwing glasses at the wall. (laughs) (laughs) Like a child. (laughs) Like a child. And... 
I just, I can't, I guess I have to save that part from, no, I'm going to talk about it now. I cannot deal with the way he does this back and forth with Olivia. Like, one minute they're smooching, and then the next minute, everybody get out. What did he, what did he say? He said, um, go ahead, ma'am, and then I'll find it. When you... Oh, sorry. That is all, Olivia. And she stands there. <laughs> I said that is all. Oh, no, no. <laughs> I'm, I'm, team, I'm team Fitz for this, and let me tell you why I'm team Fitz. When, when you have a business and personal relationship... You have to turn on and turn off. It's no difference. Look at me. You could give me that look all you want. But when you are, when you have a, um, take for instance singers, you have, you have the female singer and then her husband's the manager. Um, there's lines. And so if the artist or the person who's, who's, who's in charge or whatever has a particular say, then you have to set aside your feelings and say, okay, I understand it. Right now, they weren't they weren't in their relationship. They weren't booed up at that moment. They that was business, and so therefore, Fitz had the right to say that's enough because that's not what he wanted to talk to. Now, if they were having that conversation, no, they wouldn't have that conversation if they was being all booed up. You have to be able to separate the two. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But my thing is, I totally understand what you're saying. But it seems like in this situation, in every situation, Fitz is the one that decides when it's business and when it's Thank personal. Thank you. Thank you. Like, and nobody else has this, has can decide this. It's Fitz. If they this, were in if a he, room. I they, know. Okay. But if he would have said this and threw that glass and he was like, that would have been enough, Olivia. How do, how do we know that two seconds later they would have been slobbing it down mm-hmm. because Fitz wanted to kiss in the mouth? It's him. He is the one who doesn't understand when it's appropriate to have business relations and personal relations. Everybody else is guilty sometimes, but Fitz really, he really plays this power role up. Like this is the mm-hmm. first time he ever had power. So now he wants to do it, w- do with it, whatever he wants. Bringing when Olivia I want to be intimate, woods. right. When I want to be intimate, it's time to be intimate. When I don't want to be intimate, get out of the office. Fitz, make up your mind, dude. Mm-hmm. No, and I, and I completely agree. And I'm going to actually fast forward to the second Oval Office scene. Is that where you're going to go, Bam? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because I think that that's what happened in that moment when he said, you, you know, I do not accept your resignation. If you notice the tone in which he said it, that sounded like the president, right? Like he was almost saying, like, as your commander in chief, you serve at my leisure or you serve at my will or whatever the appropriate phrase is. He was basically saying, you can't do nothing because I'm the president of the United States of America. And you notice that she noticed something and he was like, you can't leave me. And it didn't feel to her as an embrace of love. I think it started to strangle her. Ne- Go ahead, Bam. I took it, Go the, ahead. I took it the opposite opposite way when he wasn't when he was yelling. He was still he was in his he was in that controlling boyfriend. But I'm going to cut you voice. off, Bam. Again, but, but I'm and I'm yeah. and I'm cutting you off on purpose. Right there. Do you see how it's messy? Mm-hmm. See how you can't he separate can't, them? Can't, he, That's my point. That's where I was and, trying to go. You can't separate how. them. He doesn't know how because he literally in the actual moment. Will flip. He will literally go from being Fitz, the president, Fitz, a parent, president. You want to know why? Mm-hmm. Fitz will do anything that gets him the end goal that he wants. I know. I get that. But for the first scene, they were all in a room. They were all in a room with Yeah, Millie but everyone Fitz. knows that they, I, they're I, together. I, 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 just, my, I understand my, that. <laughs> but for me, that was, for me, I, that felt as if that was a, that was a, um, that was a professional moment. When we go to the second scene, you notice that whenever the two of them together, it's the flip flop back and forth, back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. Because the same thing in that same episode with the, um, in the woods and he was like, get in the car. 
whenever the two of them are always together, it's it's a it's a back and forth thing. I, I get I get it, but I, I agree with Cornelia and Sophia though. But Cornelia was saying like it's always because of Fitz. Fitz is the one who leads this flip-flop. It's not Olivia bouncing back and forth. And the reason why I'm losing respect for Fitz is because in this episode, in that last scene, the Oval Office, my issue was Olivia was, and I had to laugh at this scene because she said, and we'll talk about this, how he picks um, Nichols as his running mate. And she says, my gut is telling me that that's the wrong turn. <laughs> Olivia, you know your gut is off. Um, but <laughs> she was saying that my gut is telling me that this is the wrong choice. But then her gut was also telling her, which in this moment, I think her gut was right. That right is right. Me being in this position right now is the wrong choice. And she's trying to release herself because she is trying to separate professional and personal, knowing that the personal is starting to interfere with the professional she can't do her job and then Fitz switches from president to Fitz president to Fitz and then he says um what do he say I can't do this without you I need you which is a combination of the president and Fitz because on one hand he's saying as the president I need you I can't do this without you but then he's trying to put that Fitz voice on I need you Olivia I can't do this without and, you and I'm asking did he mean it as that I need you as the head of my campaign, or I need you because you're like a lucky charm to keep me calm. And oh wait, but also though, I, I what bothered both. me, what bothered me, and I, I wrote this down because the thing that bothered me the most is that Olivia was trying to communicate her thoughts, and I have a problem in relationships if you're trying to communicate your thoughts if you just automatically get That's to right. something related, not related to sex, but you try to yeah. distract by kissing or by any type of. Anything like that romantic involvement just to distract for the moment. So in that moment when they're arguing, oh, let me kiss you and everything will be okay. No, 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 Fitz. No, that's not okay. Don't put that Fitz swag over here right now just trying to alleviate the situation. That doesn't work. So all of this rubbed me the wrong way. Y'all know that I am a diehard Olitz fan. But right now, I would prefer if Olivia was single. I have to say that scene, that was the only scene in this entire episode that I did not like. For For me, that scene... Which one went the the, sec- the second the, okay. the second Oval Office scene because between all the back and forth, sorry, it became very young and restless to me. All was missing was the music. It was oh, very it's so funny. Yeah. I completely disagree with you. That's ironic. No, mm-hmm. finish your thought. No, it just it was that's it. I just it was so proper to me, and all the missing was the do 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 do. See, and I disagree. <laughs> and the reason being is I think that the problem with. Fitz and Olivia is they keep being given an opportunity to take their love like literally into the light and they don't. I think that the secrecy and I can't remember and and gladiators please let us know on iTunes or YouTube or Twitter what the quote was I think it was from season one that like everyone in in DC has secrets right and even I think in in this episode it you know towards the end she talks about like secrets eat at you and and maybe she wasn't saying secrets she was basically like because we're all you know controlled by the republic and and what it stands for i.e. fits it starts to eat away at you and you start to no longer be who you're meant to be. I think that's the problem. Olivia, despite the fact that she's private, isn't this person. Remember when we were first introduced to her, she was like a nun. Do you know what I mean? She was married to her job. And even though she she dated very powerful men, she didn't date married men. And she definitely wouldn't have, she would have a private relationship is different than a secret relationship. That's number one. Number two, let's juxtapose Fitz versus his new VP candidate, right? He consciously chose not to get married, 
basically saying that regardless of whether of my political aspirations and regardless of whether or not in this country you have to be a nuclear family unit in order to run for any type of political um, office for the most part, I'm not going to do that because I'm not able to be with a woman that I love, right? Versus Fitch, who in essence married a purebred, right? He, he married for a political partnership. They had their opportunity when the first scandal broke. Mm -hmm. They had the opportunity before that. Remember his plan with Melly? This is what I'm going to do. I'm going to divorce you. I'm going to wait a respectable amount of time. Then I'm going to start dating, you know, these types of eligible women who are intelligent and smart, whatever. I'm going to date her. I'm going to date her. Then I'm going to date Olivia because we've been friends for a number of years. People will love her. If you even think about anything, I'm going to drop the race card. Do you remember? Mm-hmm. And Olivia was voiceless. Plan. Do you know what I mean? Like every single opportunity, the time when uh, um, uh, Melly was about to release the name and they were going to wait out the clock. Again, Olivia never takes ownership of what Olivia wants. So she allows Fitz to be the one to direct the relationship. So I am definitely not a fan of Fitz. However, I am really tired of Olivia not using her voice. However, I like that scene and I did not think it was so opera esque because I think it's organic to how it really would be. Because they're not ever able to, in essence, be in a real relationship, right? A real relationship has that beginning where it's that honeymoon period. And then you level off and you really start to know each other and there's an intimacy. So theoretically, there's a lack of that back and forth because you're actually talking, right? That's what intimacy is. You start to really get to know each other. You open up. You don't kiss the person because you don't want to hear them. Even if someone's crying, you listen to them because that's how you grow as a person. You grow in the relationship. They're never doing that. They're stuck in that like beginning, frenzied, honeymoon, not honeymoon, we're about to break up, childish, immature high school relationship because I think that's what it is. Their relationship is not mature because they're not able to literally go, this is my boyfriend, this is my girlfriend, I'm an adult, I make choices for me and my heart, I make choices for me and my heart. So they're actually like children, I, not like soap opera yeah. care. But I do agree with the children thing because they were kissing by the curtain and then they walk in and they move away and you know all the little giggly stuff. Yeah, it is it is kind of it is kind of uh, a childlike, but also their relationship in some ways is so open within the White House. They're having this conversation and with the door open, they're kissing right uh, on top of the rug in the and center. Then, and Melly walks the, in. Yeah. Well, okay. Before we talk about Melly, though, we can't forget Abby and Leo having their conversation on air. Because just like you talked about how their relationship is open in the White House, it would raise questions to the American public why the woman who is his alleged mistress is all of a sudden his campaign manager. So do you think that people are going to put it together again, that maybe there's something there, or is this just another headline that's just going to flow on by? I mean, I don't know. Yeah, obviously, it hasn't went away. Like, like where do you think it's going to go? Because it could go either one of two ways. Like Fitz said, it could just be, oh, this is just another filler, and then it's going to move on to the next story. Or now that she's back as a campaign manager, it's going to be, wait a minute, we need to reevaluate this and see what's really going on between these two. Well, if it's straight, if it stays true to real life and how rumors work and, and, and the media 
it's never going to go away. It'll keep reappearing. That's what I'm assuming. Because think about something as fluffy as Jennifer Aniston being pregnant. How many times do we see an article that says Jennifer Aniston is pregnant? At least once every two months. It never goes away, and it won't go away until she gets pregnant. So if this is real true to form, it'll never go away. It'll just keep popping back up. If If they're at a meeting, oh, maybe they're back on. If they, you know are seen walking side by side. Oh, this is it. So I don't it probably won't ever go away. No, and 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 the thing is that it actually almost doesn't matter if there's truth to it and what people think. All you need is the chatter. And if you think about it, that's what Olivia is great at. She's great at controlling the chatter, controlling the dialogue, controlling the conversation. So as long as the conversation is on her, just like she said, she can't fix things because now people are putting her in a certain box. And I think that's why, you know, she went along with Melly and, and the little lunch. That's why I think she went along with finding a pretend boyfriend. Um, the only thing is, I'll say this for predictions. Because I actually, I want the relationship to come out. But I'll save that for predictions. You talked about how the media, you know, we have these stories. So I thought it was very, 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 very wise and uh, smart for Melly to come up with this plan for her and Olivia to go to lunch to fix the situation. Because remember, she storms in the Cyrus's office talking about the Daniel Douglas thing. And then he's saying, no, 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 no. Which I love how they use this multiple times in this show. You need to do your job, do your job, do your job. So Melly's job is to keep up appearances. And she's focusing on the wrong thing. And so they go out to lunch. My question for you guys, though, is there was... The scene in that scene, you know, they're sitting there and she's like, smile, smile, oh, smile, <laughs> and they're pretending like, you know, they're having a friendly lunch and everything's okay, which I can't leave out the quotes because there are some great quotes in this scene. Um, she said in that scene, oh, Lord, where are my notes at? Oh, she, she goes to lunch with Melanie and she says, I'm making a decent woman of you. I would never be embracing my husband's whore. And then um, Olivia was telling her who's around and she informs Melly that it's more than just photographers. We have this person from this blog and this person from this blog. So my issue was when she said we have this person from this blog recording on this device at the next table, why did they continue the conversation? Am I the only one who's a little thrown off by that? Yeah, I thought it was a little weird. I was still a little more stuck on the, the comment when she said I, I would never entertain my husband's whore. Right. But but technically, Melly, you would because when Fitz did not have a campaign manager that would work for him, it was Melly who tried to get Olivia back into the White House and said to Fitz, here, like, do whatever you have to do. I'm bringing her here to you. Basically brought her in on a platter. Also, so when do you when do you have a problem with, with Olivia and when do you not have a problem with her? When, when they were in the office, when he said that's all, she, uh, Melly's the one that said, you know, you can... He'll listen to you. Mm-hmm. Right. But but from oddly enough, from Melly's perspective, poor thing. Uh every opportunity every opportunity that she gets, and it's kinda sad that she can she goes after the woman. She throws a, a dagger any opportunity she can because maybe it makes her feel good. But at the same time I lost my train of thought. Again I, I think I know where you're going <clears throat> with this. And I'm gonna jump jump in if this is where you're going. It's almost that I think that sometimes we forget, and I've said this time and time again, I genuinely think that that Melly loves Fitz. 
I might eat crow with the way that the storyline is going, but I still think it's not simply that she's power hungry. It's not simply for her own personal aspirations because she has done things that are extremely selfless. So I think that the first half, when it was secret, right? When, when even though she knew, they didn't know that she knew. She was able to kind of play that role, right? She was able to stay in that box and basically be say to herself, I'm going to be the good wife in the advancement of my husband. The minute it came to light, it was literally like all of that pent up energy and sadness that she had has to come out somewhere. So it's really when she digs at Olivia, even though it seems like she's kind of throwing it from a place of venom, it's really sadness because it's literally like here I again have to go to my husband's whore. And basically not only have her be my campaign manager, but sit with her at this public restaurant with all of these paparazzi while I talk to you and I know you're sleeping with my husband? Yeah. But she doesn't. I mean, I get it. But she doesn't have to do it. Let I, your man take the L. But Let he, him take the L. But that also but that also proves what, like, what um, as Sophia was saying, she loves this man. She she knows his his heart, his desire, what he wants to what he wants to be, and she loves him so much that she's going to do whatever she can to help her husband. Although he's not thinking sometimes, and he do stupid things, she's looking. She's thinking about. I know my husband. He wants to be president, and I'm going to do everything. Like basically, her vows. She stays true to her vows and whatever agreement or commitment that they made Melly truly sticks to that and she's going to do whatever she has to take now I thought at first it was smart for her to to think she was going to have an um uh, one up on Olivia but Olivia put her out there and said you know there's more people there's more people watching and rather than listen to what she was saying she was still trying to get her point across and i just hope that that doesn't come back to bite her in the ass because like she said there was a she said the girl right there she has her phone right here she's she has it up and she's pretending not to record the conversation so it's you know this is a moment where when people say well bam why you always say uh melly's so intelligent her intentions was good but i hope that doesn't come and bite her back in the butt i hope it does because at some point we have to question, is Melly doing this because she loves her husband or is she doing this for herself? Well, because, because either way, either regardless of what you're doing, if you love your husband, you wouldn't. At one point, you got to draw the line in the sand. You know, he's going to be, you know, he feels a certain way about Olivia. But you need, don't let, don't invite her and roll her in on this silver platter for your husband. I, I know you can't control that, but Melly, you need to stop doing your part in this situation. And two, if it's about her, then let him take the L. Let Fitz lose. Let him have some raggedy campaign manager. Let him lose. And then Melly can regroup and do what she has to do for her career while she can still keep her husband. Because when him and Olivia fall out again, he's going to need somebody to turn to. And who else does he always turn to when stuff hits the fan? Melly. When she was at lunch with Olivia, though, she said uh, something to her when Olivia was asking why she was there. And she was talking about how she's worked so hard to get to where we are now so she can't let the situation stop them. Mm-hmm. I just feel like it's a lose-lose for Melly all around. Because I get what you're saying. I completely agree as far as her letting him take the L and all that stuff. But on one hand, if she does that, maybe she's not secure enough in herself and the platform or anything to let him go. Because she lets him go. She lets him get the, the shitty campaign manager, all this stuff, and he fails. Then 
she doesn't have the leverage that she needs because she's not in the office anymore. If she lets Olivia be by his side, she has to deal with the husband's whore. If she doesn't let Olivia be there by him, then she has to deal with Fitz. Not so it's just a lose lose all right. around for her. So I don't know what what option does Melly have, but to potentially run into Nichols, who we were just introduced to, and we find out as Olivia is going through the vetting process. Essentially, we find out that Nichols. Uh, isn't committing to people because he lost the one and let her go. And then we find out that the person he let go or lost was Melly mm. at the very end of the episode. So it's definitely going to be interesting to see how this whole Melly fits Nichols, Olivia thing plays out. We're going to get into Jake in one second. Um, but before we do, I want to talk to you about iTunes. Um, if you don't know, this is not just a YouTube show here we are on itunes as well so make sure you go to itunes um podcast and search for the after Buzz tv scandal after show um and we will be on there probably the next morning and you can rate comment download and uh share with a friend that would be most important share with multiple people and let them know that they can listen to four friends talk about their favorite show scandal uh, every single week and it's amazing um yeah, and we want to thank you guys for all who tuned in to the fan show last week and called in. Yeah. We really do appreciate that. We had a blast, you guys. We wish you could take calls more often. We try to keep the show a little tight. So um, thank you so much, though. And also, if you're watching on YouTube, or if you don't know and you listen to the iTunes, we are on YouTube as well. Just go to YouTube.com slash TV and search for The Scandal After Show. And make sure you like, comment, uh, subscribe, and tell a friend about that as well and we really appreciate it so thank you so much for all the support guys and yeah thank you so Jake Olivia finds out through Ooh. who did she find out through? Cyrus Rowan. told her no Cyrus oh, oh, told you're right. her Sorry. Cyrus. Yeah. Like, I thought oh, you were right. she yeah. finds out through Cyrus that Jake is now the head of B613 because of her boo thing Fitz put him as the head of B613 and demoted her father Back to his normal life, essentially, <laughs> as a, I work at the Smithsonian. <laughs> do you think Fitz, do you think his intention for him thinking that Jake is the only one that can take his secrets to the grave, do you do you buy that or do you? Um, actually, I believe he's being honest about that. But at the same time, if it also helps get Jake out of the picture with Olivia, then I think it's just kind of a killing two birds with one stone. I don't know how to feel about it yet. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know. When he first said it, I was like, okay, I, I believe him. Um, but then also, then you think back to the conversation that he had when he got read by Papa, by, by, by Papa Pope. It could be one of those things where when you know somebody give it to you, the best way to get revenge is to do basically what Fitz did. So oh, I feel I, like oh, yeah. I feel I feel like yes, Jake is the only person that he can trust, but I think he had it out for Liv's dad. I yeah, I think a part that played a part in it too. Yeah. I yeah. Um I'm still undecided, but and the reason I'm undecided is because since the beginning of season one, I still can't figure Fitz out. Is Fitz a spoiled brat? Is he entitled or is he that guy? Remember what all of these people have done in order to make sure that Fitzgerald Grant III was the president of the United States of America. They were willing 
to tamper with an election, right? Because they all said he's this guy, right? Let's go back, and I'm going to try to make this really quick. Let me speed up. So Melly was a partner in a law firm. She, as far as I know, either went to Harvard undergrad or law school. She did better than Fitz, right? So arguably, and to me, from what I'm learning of the character development in scandal and the way that Shonda Rhimes may or may not see things, she's really basically saying, if not for gender, Melly would have been president, right? Because at the end of the day, Melly is a strategist. She is smart. She's intelligent. She's ruthless. She's willing to do whatever she needs to do. Juxtapose that with the fact that Fitz comes from a good family, has a good lineage in terms of politics, and is attractive, and he's charming, But we never really talk about him being intelligent or all of those presidential things beyond the aesthetics, right? But from an intellectual perspective, we think it's Melly, right? Again, same analogy with Cyrus. If not for the fact, like he said in the naked scene, I am gay, I'm fat, I'm unattractive, he would have been president, right? Arguably, same thing with Olivia, right? Of the, of the, of the players, right? From an Purely from an intellectual perspective and not simply the cookie cutter perspective of being a president. But why do they all do this? They all did it because they said he's that guy. He's that guy who can change things, right? Have we seen that guy? To me, if he truly is that guy, then he really is thinking ahead. I'm not saying that the emotion doesn't come into it. But it's that he's 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 playing us almost. Remember even the moments when he was like, oh, you forget I'm good at this. When he was pretending to be in love with his wife. Do you mean there's a side to him that I think that because of his emotion, because he acts like a child, because he throws things, because he drinks the brown liquor, that it's so easy for us to think he's just whatever. And all he is, and I don't mean this to be disrespectful, but all he is is in love with Olivia and all he is is a cheater. When at the end of the day, all of these extremely intelligent people all put their faith and, if anything, their actual liberty in the hands of this guy in order to make him president. I feel like, have we seen that yet? No. No. <laughs> like, no, we haven't. Little, small, little moments where I can't think of any episodes in particular, but I've seen little, little small moments of that. People can't show you something that they don't know that they are. But that's so the, just because I mm-hmm. see something in you doesn't mean that you see it in yourself. I can't want more for you than you want more for yourself. So they see all this stuff and Fitz. I don't think Fitz knows that is in there. But we can go on and on. Jake, that, Jake is that now was, B613. That was a great, um, that was a great analogy. Thank you. Yeah. No, I'm talking about not you. I'm talking about <laughs> Get the violins out. <laughs> Oh my god! Violin. I cannot with you guys. Are we gonna go to the bench? Because oh Joe Morden is oh my gosh. When ridiculous. He okay. So I remember for the past couple of, se- especially first season, you know, Cyrus had those monologues, leaving our jaws dropped. Even second season, and Cyrus, he's still like that person who has that wow factor as far as uh, his part in the script. He goes, "Have your balls dropped?" <laughs> but this episode, and I have to write down some of the quotes. This episode. Joe Morton just slayed. And I didn't even want to take my eyes off the screen. I was like, well, I have to write it because I don't think anybody else can even do it right now. But 
it was funny how after, you know, he's not B613 anymore, he was trying to say to Olivia, you don't really know what happened. And he's like, what are you talking about as far as B6? What I work for the Smithsonian. I'm the chief curator. Like, that was just humor. But then it was after that where things got real. He said, you have no idea what happened. He said, you're shipping around in a field full of bombs thinking they're daisies. And he said, the man who defiled you defiled the organization I worked hard to build. Uh, he's made an enemy. I know all of his secrets. Uncommon valor was a common virtue. But it was, he said, run, Olivia, run, because you don't know what's about to come. Like, he just laid in, and it was like, catch some breath, dude. Like, and Olivia was just quivering because, it was, like. And then he <sighs> goes, start grieving now. But first, run. That, all of this just scared. I think something big is about to happen. But at the, towards the end of the episode, when we saw that Leo is now hooking up with Rowan. I thought it was about to happen in the last two minutes of the episode. I was like, Lord, are they going to shoot Fitz again? Right. But you know what? <laughs> he said, he he basically said he knows all of uh, Fitz's secrets. Mm-hmm. So if you think about it, Fitz had every right to get rid of him because he knows that Rowan knows all of his secrets. But, but that's the best way is yeah. to get rid of him? Keep your enemies closer. And he's about to run. If this is about to run was, again for oh, president, okay. if he's about to I'm run just, again, I'm just bring. I'm just using the parallel. It's yeah, that's a yeah. good point. Yeah. But if he's about to run again for president, we have Rowan here with this pool of information that he can release. I like, don't even think for Rowan it's about the presidency at this point. Rowan wants him out of the picture in life. He wants him dead, right? He doesn't, and to him. He doesn't care if Olivia is a casualty of war because technically this happened because of her. Mm-hmm. So to him, he's like, mm-hmm, yeah, you can key key all on this bench all you want to. But at the end of the day, if you wouldn't have had developed this relationship with Fitz, it would not have circled back to affect him. I just don't like how Olivia... I don't know if she always makes it about her, but the way she approached the situation when she came up to her father saying, you know, what did she say? She was talking about how uh, you could have essentially you could have told me that you were the good guy and mom was the like you let me believe all these years that that you, you were the bad guy and mom was the. And he's like, what do you want? Yeah. What, like, <laughs> get to the point, Olivia. Like, <laughs> but she but you. OK, that was a moment where she's not Olivia Pope. She is daughter still trying to get answers and have a conversation with her dad. But I agree with you. But I think that it's endemic of the fact that in Olivia Pope's professional life, she actually exists in the world of gray. Right. Because they're basically lawyers who don't work at a law firm. They they exist outside of the box of the law. Right. Why? Because they wear the white hat. I think the irony is in her personal life, she actually doesn't like Gray, right? It's one of the reasons that she can't admit that she loves a married man. It is what it is. So you either choose to be with him or you choose not to. But you loving him, you you should never feel bad for that. Only feel bad on your actions. And to a certain extent, if you're going to keep doing it, stop feeling bad. Serious, I'm kind of over that. However, if you think about it, here you have someone who has to make someone right and someone wrong, right? So in finding out that her mom was a spy, she then automatically has to switch positions. Her mom was this saint who was in essence a martyr, died in a plane crash, and her dad was this big bad monster. Now that she finds out that her mom is potentially the big bad monster, she now needs to make her dad the saint. Isn't it possible that they're both big bad monsters? I, I have a prediction, so I totally, okay, okay. I totally think but I, But I think that if you really think about it, how screwed up must she be? Yeah. Do you know what I'm trying to say? So at the end of the day, you have a mom who we don't even know what her mom is yet. 
we have a dad who we don't even really, I think, fully understand who he is because he said, I built command. So again, let's assume, or even if it had been around before, B613 had been around before, but let's assume that it really hadn't. And he built it into this thing that it is. You have two diabolical parents. And for the most part, she's pretty tame in comparison. Yeah. And it means that she never got... Basically, whatever it is that we don't like about Olivia can almost entirely be traced back to her parents and the fact that everything was fake. So even if, in essence, the two of them did love each other in some twisted spy command BS, it still was fake. So that's what she was watching. She was watching pretend. So that's what Olivia knows how to do. She knows how to pretend. And every time she opens up to the one person that should be her rock, her her moral compass, especially as it pertains to men, I have to go there. Her dad's like, what do you want? And he goes, oh, he defiled you? Taking away her option as an adult woman to make a choice, right? Because why do you have to go there? Defiled you? I'm a grown woman. I can do what I want. No, but seriously. So he doesn't give her any power in what she did. He doesn't think to himself like, Oh, I've gotten myself influence. I, yeah, I have. I've gotten myself influence with the most powerful man in the country, if not the world. And he's so powerful, he knocked you off your job. But, you know, also, the way she responded or not responded to the fact that your dad tells you that your, um, that your boyfriend, mistress, whatever you, uh, whatever you want to call it, said... Blah, 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 blah about you and how the legs open the... For me, that was like, wow, she took that pretty well. I mean, I don't know who would be able to hear those words from your parents saying that to you. And then you go back to the person that your dad now knows his information and not even have this conversation. But that's the problem. That's exactly the problem. Do you know what I'm trying to say? Mm-hmm. Is that she's not having normal reactions. It's that that's, I think, why we want Olivia to throw a glass. We want her to be like, are you kidding me? Don't speak to me that way. When Fitz says something, slap him. Yell at him. Something. Yell at your dad. Whatever. The fact that she doesn't and her and her reactions are so just in here, right in the box, within... The only reason we even know what she's thinking is because Carrie Washington is that amazing of an actress. The way that they write it, the way that they direct it, obviously the fact that they give them so much of the backstory, I think it makes it worse. Is that she keeps literally and figuratively swallowing her emotions. Like a battered woman. Yeah. She reacts like a battered woman. Yeah. Like a, an abused person. Well, we could clearly talk about this all day, but guys, we're going to go ahead and wrap up the topic. Oh, no, 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 we got to go back to Harrison. Oh, sorry. Oh, oh, God, I completely forgot. No, 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 wrap up the topic, and then we'll go to Harrison, but don't wrap up. Sorry. I completely forgot. I was about to wrap up all the time. I forgot, though. Yeah, I can tell. We didn't talk about Harrison, and but also we didn't talk we, about Charlie Quinn. Yeah, we didn't talk about Charlie okay. Quinn, yeah. and all okay. I have to say about Quinn is Quinn. <laughs> Come on now, when she she just Quinn, Quinn kidnapping Billy Quinn, like what? I'm she needs somebody. A little child. Quinn I'm, doesn't have anybody. She's like the lost little girl. She's like the, the orphan child who you know wants to find a home. She'll find it with anybody who's willing to accept her. <laughs> Looking out the window, out the blinds. But, but at least you can. Re- one of the things that I have to say about Quinn's character is there's growth. There is um, there's there's a lot that she's gone through in the past three seasons versus other 
characters who I always get uh, slacked about, but she's was she came into the situation. Her name was changed. She went through what she went through. She had dealings with Huck. Now she's kicked out of OPA, and now she has Charlie. Character wise. She's been through a lot, so you we can't hate on the fact that Quinn has her character has yeah. been able to do this. Yeah, she's you're right. I just but didn't like when ab- she was a shady Shanice. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But to abduct the child, I was like, oh lord. And she did it so smoothly. Yeah, but I like the dynamics of the fact that she's working against OPA, although she's obviously still sad when she watched. The, you I know, think, the two I think the she's window. about to go ahead and go back. To they want her. Olivia wanted her back. Yeah, it's, it's about to happen. She's about to go back. She's been away for too long. I don't see this happening for much longer, especially since Jake asked Charlie, to, you know, to pretty much cut her out. So we'll see how that goes. Um, but Harrison, we'll talk about him real quick. At Nons Elite. Can I say something to Shonda moment. real quick? Shonda, you are a very, very smart cookie. I will admit that I fell down the rabbit hole. Why? Because I, like many people, made the assumption that he had to be a man. Because, again, Harrison is afraid. You know what I mean? That this Adnan Salif person killed people. He ran away. You know what I'm trying to say? To then to come to find out right. that it's a woman. Mm-hmm. And that Harrison, oh, and I it's get It's Harrison's on. weakness. I, apparently. Like, he, she came in, you know, uh... I mean, they he pulled a gun. I mean, the they, totally. But think about it. Before that, he steals at, um, Abby's gun, right? So, meaning he's that scared. He pulls a gun on this woman, right? And then all of a sudden, she goes, oh, but you're not going to shoot me. Mm. And she goes, let's talk about how we can help each other. I hope he helped himself with some protection because they did it right there in the day. <laughs> <laughs> I have to admit that once, once she... Came into the scene. I was quite bored with Harrison's storyline or lack of whatever. I wasn't really following her because it was so quick. Mm-hmm. But no, it, Harrison. But she walked through that door. Yeah. Now it's about to turn up. Mm-hmm. And I like I, I like this storyline now. Before I was like, oh, we're gonna have some dude in here trying to kill Harrison. It's gonna be some BS. Right. I like it now mm-hmm. because it's not only that they have a, a history and uh, he's afraid of her for some reason. But they have a real history. Mm-hmm. You don't have sex with somebody that you that you're afraid of. Yeah, she got oh that. no, maybe you do. Mm-hmm. You do, but <laughs> it was t- it wasn't like sex out of fear or like sex to save myself. It was like I it was like hungry sex. Like so I we need think. you. We never we'll know. see. We'll so see. yeah, but then the begs the question is: Are we still afraid of Anand? Are we? I am. I need more. I know, right? Wait, more of the sex scene or more? Just more. <laughs> uh, more. Background more just oh we're gonna get oh yeah we have to get it we're absolutely gonna get it so I'm glad to see that we're finally gonna see but do you think it's gonna tie to something else with the scandal cast members well on on Twitter I basically said that I feel like her backstory is gonna relate back to Mama Pope's mission whatever Mama Pope was originally doing and where is okay right it's gonna come back but that's kind of that was mine but um you you mentioned a really good point this is actually Bam's thought process that. This episode, it did such a really good job that I feel like everybody in terms of the cast was involved. You want to kind of touch upon that? Yes. I've all, you know, sometimes I complain that, you know, we get a lack of, of, of character development with OPA. But with this episode, there was a lot that was going on. You had things that was going on in Oval Office. You had the whole Melly Fitz, um, the, the Olitz and Melly. You had Cyrus James, something going on. Then you had the, the vice presidency. Like something was involved with everything. And then I thought it was odd that Abby 
had her little her little talk show moment with that. But I like the dynamics. Everybody, actually, the only character that had a backseat today was Huck. Huck yeah. was the only Huck right, was the yeah. only character that that had that had a backstory. But also, but he just, always get time, yeah. yeah. But I also want to say you said that um, that Papa Post been getting um, a, a lot of dialogue last week when I mentioned that sometimes when other characters have to take a backseat, Joe Morton is a character actor. He's from the stage. He does theater, and he has this long resume. So Shonda, this is not a diss to you, but Shonda would have been. The, the, the writing staff would have been a fool not to give Joe Morton these good dialogues because he can deliver it and he can give you what they, 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 what they need. So right now, Cyrus can take a back seat because Joe Morton, he's giving it to you every single time and it makes sense. Well, we're going to talk more about Joe Morton in the news and gossip. So the NAACP Image Awards were this past week, and they had some pretty amazing results as far as for the Scandal family. Um, Scandal won for Best Drama Series. Uh, Kerry Washington won again for uh, Best Actress in the Drama Series. And Joe Morton won for Best Supporting, right? Yes. So it was, and it was pretty amazing that there were so many Scandal characters that were nominated too. So just bravo to everybody who won and was nominated. Um, What other news we have? Um... I mean, I'm, I'm probably the, not the only one where you go to doctor's offices and you see magazines. So I took it. I stole it. But beca- I, I, I read, I saw this article. It says, um, this is from, this is from US Weekly and it's old, but it says, uh, Carrie Washington, 25 things that you don't know about me. And, um, she says she's obsessed with pineapple. Um, she too. Oh boy. <laughs> Um, she says, I ha- I've had a Tina Turner impression that I'm very proud of since the age of nine. So she loves Tina. She, al- she also says that she was very resistant of Twitter, ironically, which she's like. Because she's private, you know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. She seems very um, private. She went to the same Bronx Boys and Girls Club as J-Lo. I'll say what? Yeah. She says her name was her, um, her name. Her name was named after the Ireland country uh, county, Carrie. That's where she gets her name from. And then the last thing is she says, I started a scandal tradition. Before shooting a new show, we scream the episode number, applaud, and we bang on furniture. Cool. So I just thought that was interesting to... Wait, we say bang on furniture like bang or bang on furniture like Harrison and... (laughs) 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 All right. (laughs) So let's go ahead and go into predictions, guys. And now... Um, so I don't know when, I don't know where, um, but we only have, what, seven episodes left mm-hmm. now? Yes. It feels like it's going to be so short, but Mama Pope is going to come back with a vengeance, because remember in the uh, winter finale, she was seen calling Olivia in front of the White House saying, I'll see you soon. With a fresh blowout. Right. I can't. <laughs> so something's going to happen with that soon. Um, I... Don't really know what to predict with this Harrison and Anand Salute thing, but I really want to see where that's going to grow. I think that Quinn will be returning to OPA soon, and hopefully her uh, loyalty will be restored and she can stop hanging out with Charlie. Um, And then, honestly, because, oh, we didn't even talk about this. Fitz and Olivia, or Olivia and Jake, are doing this little cover-up thing where Jake is, Mm -hmm. you know. um, I think that or maybe it's just a one. I want Fitz and Olivia to be done for a while. They just need a break. I just mm-hmm. need them to, to take some time off and just figure some shit out. If that means them taking a break just while 
they're doing the campaign, that's fine or something. I just want them away from each other because they seem toxic with each other right now. It's not working. Um, I predict, well, if Quinn comes back, let's not forget that Huck has a problem with her. Oh, yeah. Oh, so, oh yeah. Maybe I'm not really predicting it, but I'm throwing it on the table. Maybe it's gonna be it's either her or me type of situation <clears throat> between Huck and Quinn, because he already said he kind of really doesn't want her back. He doesn't care. Right. Also, um, I'm now more excited about Harrison's storyline than the rest of the storylines that we saw, except Rowan wrecking havoc on everybody. I'm really, I really now am looking forward to seeing what this woman is really capable of, what she has done to Harrison to make him feel this way. Not, you know, in the aroused state, but the fear. <laughs> and I want to know about her past. I, now I want to know her backstory. Harrison's backstory, okay, cool, it's, it's, it's due. But tell me your backstory, girl. I want to <laughs> know. I want to know what she's done. I want to know what she's doing and I where she came know. from. So those are my predictions. Slash questions. Um, I think, I think Mama Pope and Papa Pope are both bad, and I think I think the two of them are going to come together to take down Fitz mm-hmm. in the in the White House. Um, I think James seeking this whole plot thing against Cyrus, I think is going to bite him in the butt. And we said off camera, or I don't, someone said off camera. It's a, this is a huge cast. It's time for someone to die. I think, yeah. And I think that is going to be James. Aww. I think I think James is going to go. I just just you know. Um Liv also knows about the whole Melly Nichols. I wonder how she's going to will she will she kind of throw it in throw it in her face like yeah bitch I know <laughs> or will she use it in I'm, I just wonder the angle and how she's going to use this to rid Nichols because he has to go. <laughs> Same thing, questions slash predictions. The whole Harrison Adnan backstory, I think that Adnan's going to, f- basically Harrison's going to come on the cliff and he's going to have to decide OPA or Adnan. Mm. I think it's going to really go there. There's something about his aesthetic that is so glossy and shiny and then perfect there has to be a completely other side to him. And it's not a coincidence that this episode we see the beard. It shows ah. it's going somewhere, right? So we're about to go into his backstory, but his backstory is going to become front and center in present day. He's going to go gully. It's going to be good. Um, the VP, the new VP candidate with Fitz, I think that we're going to see Fitz jealous of Melly. Mm. Mm-hmm. I think we've never seen that. Mm. At the end of the day, I've always said Melly is a trinity between Olivia and Fitz. Mm-hmm. Now there's a new trinity. I think he's never seen her in the way that he's about to see her through someone else's eyes. Mm. And lastly, the secret needs to come out. At the end of the day, I read an article about Bellamy Young. She was only supposed to be in like three episodes, maybe six. And that because of how amazing of an actress she is and it and it fundamentally worked with where Shonda was going with the story. But to me, that would mean that they would have gotten a divorce and Fitz and Olivia would have potentially started a relationship. Even if that wasn't the case, it was, still would be that they would have had the choice without them being married. I feel like I personally, Sophia Stanley, I need to see that. I need to see 
the marriage not on the table, what's going to happen with their relationship? I don't know if that's going to happen this season or if it's going to happen next season, but I need the marriage between Melly and Fitz to be taken off the table, however that happens, so that we can purely see Olitz and whatever that is without Melly and the marriage being involved. Okay, then. Well, those are our predictions. Make sure you let us know what... Excuse me, had the burp. Make sure you let us know what your predictions are on iTunes and YouTube and on Twitter. I tweeted you guys back this week, some of you, so I'm proud of that. Anyway, um, where can we find you guys? You can find me on Twitter at Sophia Stanley. You can find me on social media at Bam Erickson, and you can also check me out on um, uh, GQ Jedi if you want to check out the hats. And at Canelia on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and Canelia.com. And you can find me at Emil and it's Junior on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And on YouTube at Chasing LA. New videos every week. Go to YouTube.com slash Chasing LA. Guys, it was great. From executive producers Maria Menunos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire AfterBuzz TV staff, we would like to thank you for listening to the AfterBuzz TV network. To watch or listen to other after shows and post comments or questions, be sure to visit AfterBuzzTV.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of AfterBuzz TV. Buzz you later. Buzz you later. I was saying it was great seeing you guys. Have a great night. <laughs> the views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals.